0: I'm Lauren
1: and I'm DJ and
0: class is officially in session welcome back
1: hi guys how are you hi Lauren
0: hey DJ how's it going
1: girl I'm tired me too it's late it is late it's real late guys um we're just getting into it today and um it, it's it's just well, crazy. I'm really tired. I have to do my nails after this. So <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so I'm gonna basically get us started off. I know uh, DJ told me I had to talk about my non- one at least one of my non-negotiables. That's what we talked about last week. So just to go back to last week, our discipline of the week was setting five non-negotiables. So one of my non-negotiables that I set was consistency. Um, a man Ooh. must be consistent. Like, I need.
1: That's a good one. I, I didn't I, even think about that one. <laughs> I am not. I, I don't.
0: I don't do change well. Mm-hmm. I'm receptive to it. If you like, no, I'm not saying you know you have to keep your word every time and that things don't can't change. I'm fine mm-hmm. with change in that sense, but I need to be notified, you know, in in a in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, consistency is just really important to me. I don't start off doing anything that you're not going to be able to do for the rest of your life, for the rest of our
2: relationship.
0: Um, don't, you know, answer the phone on the first ring for the first six months and then think that you're going to answer the phone on the third ring seven months in. Oh no, that can't
1: happen. That ain't going to (laughs) happen.
0: It's going to be a problem for me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, consistency is one of my non-negotiables, but, um, we can get into the drink of the week we are kind of improvising with our drinks we have some good ideas the things we want to do when her and i when dj and i are together but mm-hmm. you know since we're quarantined we're still quarantined stay- we're still and stay at home order so of course today we're going to make our own version of quarantinis and now of course dj is always already drinking I'm to- right, see,
1: to- i already started <laughs> drinking my drink before you introduced it
0: before I introduce
1: it. So, <laughs> I'm trying to get right.
0: With um, our quarantines, we are just doing basically some wine with strawberries, as ice cubes, some red sugar. I have red sugar around my rim. So here's my cup. Little it's red so sugar cute.
1: You know, I tell room. you, every time we make these drinks, she real bougie with it. I ain't bougie at all. Like my straw was yes. supposed to have been frozen and they thawed. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> no, mine are. I probably should have cut mine, but I didn't. So I have these, these frozen whole strawberries. So in my little glass, I'm only gonna be able to put one. But but um, let me go. So I'm. Go- what kind of wine did you use?
1: Um. So I use some uh, moscato Up. Uh, I went cheap, cheap. With the cheapest good. So I got the Walmart brand. Um. Oak leaf, moscato because okay. That thing is actually pretty good, and it's high in alcohol content. So just let you know that. But um. I have that, and I have my three strawberries that look like two red balls. (laughs) (laughs) Nasty. Uh, But, I mean, it's really
0: good. I'm going to be using Stella. So I just discovered this week, or last week when we did our first show, Mm -hmm. I went to go buy the alcohol, that Stella Rosa has a whole line of flavors. Like, I was hooked on Stella Berry for the longest, and mm-hmm. I went to the store last week and they have Stella Pineapple, Stella Watermelon. Really? So, so they look like it's watermelon. This is watermelon. Mm-hmm. So I'm using Stella Watermelon for mine. I kind of want to put some triple sec in here too and a shot of tequila, but you know
1: I ain't going to gotta get the We got to work tomorrow. to
0: work in the morning. <laughs> um, so just some, you can add, it's supposed to be a quarantini, martini. So you can add some gin or some vodka in. Actually, I might
1: do that. I might. Ooh, no. What? Okay. So, she going to add vodka. I was about to say, she, if she about to go gin, she probably to be dying a little late and long tonight.
0: <laughs> so, I'm going to so ask. I'm going to do it. I'm going to add some
2: syrup to mine.
1: Oh, girl. She about to get lit lit. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, it was my niece's birthday this weekend, so we had cooked some crabs, we had some oysters, I had some cake, and girl, all my tequila gone. Oh. So I can't put nothing, I ain't got no regular alcohol. And let me tell you something, when you get up to that 30 because I ain't 30 yet, but let me tell you, my body was aching <laughs> the right. me- next I was like Um, that tequila will put you on your
0: ass but I used to drink
1: it so much like it was like water to me I can drink
2: Mm
1: -mm. Patron tequila all day every day and it doesn't bother me but now it does I'm like okay well do I need to switch it up do I need to start drinking wine I know I don't like champagne so um
0: did you eat first
1: I had it might a turkey have just
0: seemed stick. like you didn't
1: have enough on your stomach. <laughs> it huh? might have been. I had a turkey stick. It might have been. So.
0: <laughs> she said a turkey stick. I do love me a good turkey stick,
1: though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all right. So
0: it. I am done with my drink.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So today we're going to be talking about credit hacks, what it is, why it's important, and how it all works. All right, Lauren. So I just want to go ahead and jump right into it. I want you to go ahead and go over um, what is credit and credit worthiness.
0: Okay. So credit is essentially a person's ability to obtain goods or services prior to payment. So, you know, your car costs $20,000, but you don't have $20,000 to give them. Mm -hmm. So, Credit is what you use to obtain, basically, in advance, um, in order to purchase goods and services. Um, your credit worthiness is your ability, your the proof, your ability to show, you know, that you are trustworthy. It's your basically your trustworthiness as far as when it comes down to if a, a lender should advance you credit based mm-hmm. off of certain things which we would call a credit score mm-hmm. DJ, can you talk to us about the credit scale
1: yes so range so, should I say so I did a little bit of research right you guys so the credit score range from what I looked at as of today um the credit score for FICO the FICO credit score which is a credit score that we're probably most likely going to be talking about today um Is between 300 and 850 so 300 being the lowest 850 being the highest i didn't know that damn thing go that low but it does so um that's the range that we have now what actually makes up your credit score is very interesting because a lot of the times we don't think about what what percentages of certain parts of our credit score actually affects us most so um basically, 35% of your credit score is for payments. Um, 30% is for the overall old, so personal loans, credit cards, and things like that. Um, 15% of your credit score is based on your credit history. Um, 10% of your credit score is actually based on new credit, so credit that you will get, that's new, new credit card, new car loan, new personal loan, whatever that is. And then the last 10% is actually mixed. So mixed of different type of credit. Say you have a credit card here, you have a personal loan here, you have a car note here, you have, you have other things that's going on. So it's, it's 10% of how much your portfolio is mixed between different type of uh, options that you have on your credit.
0: So the first thing, the first thing and the highest thing is your payment, your payment history is 35% guys, 35% of your credit score is based on whether you make on time Time payments.
1: payments.
0: Right. And so some people, some people don't really know what on time payments mean, right? So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: an on time payment when it comes to credit means that your payment has not gone 30 days past due. Mm-hmm. so some people kind of throw it out the window and saying well I can't you know be on top of my credit card it's okay if you pay your credit card 15 days late
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I think we have to learn to prioritize our credit because to me my credit is more important than paying my utility bill right utility doesn't report to your credit credit you can get an extension you can go Mm -hmm. 30 days 60 days past due I guess I don't know but my credit is more important than paying um my utility bill and any other bill that doesn't my cell phone bill any other bill that doesn't report to the credit bureau yeah so when it comes down to like I'm 29 days past due and I only have enough money to either pay this credit card or pay the cell phone bill I'm going to pay my credit card bill Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why I had a, um, I had a friend and she was like, I had two friends, right? And mm-hmm. one of them was like, Lauren always claimed she broke, but every time this happens, she i buying this, doing that, doing that. Ooh. And my other friend told her it all boils down to so she has good credit. You know, she mm-hmm. might not have the cash to do it, but her credit, but she got that credit if line. my car breaks down, if I get into an accident... My credit is solid. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't have money to put down a $2,000, 3000 $4,000 down payment, but my credit is good enough to where I wouldn't have to do that. It's so mm-hmm. important. It's so important. It's so important. So really 35% is. is your payment, payment and then and 30% the percent is, is your
1: what's your, owed.
0: What's owed. So basically your credit utilization. So this yep. is where you can say, keep, your, keep it under 30%. Mm-hmm. Keep all your credit cards and things under 30%. Don't go over 30%. If you do, try and pay it down to under 30% each month. You know, when and I started,
1: thing one, is that I have learned too about the credit. Oh, I know you're supposed to keep it under 30%, but also it's not good for you to constantly keep on paying the balance off in full, as well. From right. what I heard, you're supposed to keep a balance because it needs to report to the credit bureau as you actually utilizing your card so it can reflect Absolutely. the score. So when you hear people saying, oh, when you pay, when you buy something on your credit card, go ahead and automatically pay it off. No, keep it at 30 or under and then pay it. You can pay the minimum payment plus $10 or $15 of whatever you owe. And that will still go ahead and reflect. Just don't go over the 30%, but also don't pay the balance off in full because then it will never report and your credit score will never raise.
0: Right. That's And that's absolutely correct. When I was in the process of buying my home, i couldn't pay my credit cards down to zero out my my creditor at that time was like pay them down to ten dollars and mm-hmm. so every month ten dollars will report on my credit um on my credit report for those for those particular credit cards um and i'll tell you why there, there's another reason that that's important especially when you're coming and going into uh buying a house So we'll we'll get into that um so again those are the top two things those other things like your uh, was inquiries one of them? Did I? Did you say, what, what was inquiries? Um, no, it was, in
1: uh, no, it wasn't inquiries that was in there. So the information that we had got, it was only payments, amount owed, history, new credit, and mixed credit. Okay. Yeah. So it's
0: important to have a mixture of credit, obviously. You have mm-hmm. to have, so I guess we could talk about what a mixture of credit even means. So there is mm-hmm. open-end credit, which is like your credit card.
2: Mm-hmm. There
0: is, or I guess it can be open-end, that can be revolving, mm-hmm. there is, close credit like your car Mm -hmm. your mortgage things that don't basically revolve you can't continue to utilize you get this amount you get that you know one time Mm
2: -hmm. so you want to
0: have um a mix of those things whether it's a personal loan whether it's a car loan you kind of want to have all of those so when I first started out I had uh what we call a line of credit I had a Mm -hmm. line of credit at community first and then I had a credit card and Mm -hmm. I had my car of course Mm -hmm. Now I have a house, uh, so it's important to kind of, especially if you plan on buying a house, it's important to start your mix early and establish that Mm -hmm. history. Um, History was in there as what, you said 15%?
1: Yeah, history is 15%, so how long you actually have had credit. I know a lot of times when we were back in high school, you know, the banks used to come to the school, make sure you opened up, you know, you a little bank account. But once you hit your senior year or at least 18 years old, that's when they start to provide you like uh, mailers saying that you qualify for a card and things like that. Just to be clear, I just wish that when they were coming to the school to provide us the information about opening up a bank account, you know, debit cards and checks and stuff like that, that they actually gave us some type of like seminar or something about credit, because in my generation, like, you didn't learn about credit until you're about, like, 22, 23 after you do went to school and had all these mm-hmm. loans and ruined it because then now you think you went to school, you got the refund check back if you ain't used, op- <laughs> plenty of us Girl, have- that's such a good, baby. that's such a good topic, though. <laughs> plenty like of, of that's
0: us have not on our, That's not on our list, but we definitely, I'm glad you brought that up because,
1: don't do it. I don't know do it's it. like I swear bad, don't do free money. money. money.
2: Do but then that not stuff
1: adds up. Like Enough. when I tell you it adds up, you may think, oh, they're giving me a six thousand dollar loan. All I need is three thousand for my classes and books. And then you get the three thousand, you go splurge, and you constantly keep on doing that year after year you're going to come out with massive, massive student loan debt. And that stuff is not forgiven. Like, it's only forgiven when you die. So you have to- Wow, that's
0: that a little bit extreme, DJ. Well, I it's know I'm being
1: extreme. morbid or whatever. but let's, let's 25 scratch,
0: years, know? that's basically forever, but- yeah, yeah,
1: it's forever though. It is, it is. It's a long time and then you have, it, it, it's just too much. And then we'll get to the part how student loans also affects you when you're trying to purchase a house at a certain age. It 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 does, um, but yeah,
0: absolutely did. I almost couldn't. We'll get to that, but I almost student loans made it almost impossible for me to close on my house. So we'll definitely talk about that. Um, I want to move forward to mymyfico uh, dot com. Yes, phenomenal website, phenomenal, phenomenal website, and I know people like. Free, right they like mm-hmm. their credit karma <laughs> they like and credit their
1: credit sesame cause,
0: yes because it's free mm-hmm. com is 29.99 or 95 a month mm-hmm. it's like 30 dollars a month but it is accurate down to a
1: t, a t. down to
0: the penny it's and,
2: accurate
1: and then the thing about it is is that a lot of people think that credit karma and credit sesame is their true credit score and in our reality i just found out it freaking wasn't i found out that it is actually based on your credit card score and that's what credit karma and credit sesame is for if you're wanting to look for a credit card then yeah you can use that as a free tool but if you're trying to get a car if you're trying to purchase a house those are not accurate credit scores for you. Th- that score that you may have, say, if you're on Credit Karma and your credit score is like a 630 or whatnot, and you go to the dealership to try to buy a car and they pull your credit and huh, ha-ha, your credit score is like a 525. And yep, like, same thing with the house. Same yep, thing with, same the same house. with the house. I did not yeah. know, and Lauren put me on, that there is actually a mortgage score. Yes. I did not know that. There's a yep, car so- score like my,
0: there so myfico.com has so basically there are, right now there are 28 different types of credit scores right wow. um there are there is your base fico scores, and then they actually have are you choking over there what's going on
1: grace put all over my mouth y'all <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow I'm gonna keep going okay. um, but there's the base myFICO score which is basically what you would typically use for your credit cards although they do have specific credit card credit scores but then there is mm-hmm. your industry specific credit score my um, myFICO.com really breaks down the they break down the definition of those two
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it's really important because no one really knows that right So when I was buying my house, I'm on credit card and I'm thinking my score is one thing and then they go to pull it and it was something else. And I was like, how the heck? That happened to me. Yeah. And I stumbled onto myfico.com and what myfico.com told me was exactly what they pulled. um, My lender had pulled Mm -hmm. down to the T. And so I started using that. Now, I'll tell you. MyFICO.com is twenty nine ninety five a month, and it only updates your credit score every three months. Three months, yeah. But here's a hack. Let me tell you how I used it. I basically bought it for twenty nine ninety five, mm-hmm. got my credit score, canceled it by the end of that month,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then the first of the next month, I would rebuy it, right? Because I'm still going to be paying 29 a month, mm-hmm. but I would rebuy it so that I can get a fresh credit score.
2: Mm-hmm. so
0: instead of getting one you know instead of paying $90 for one credit score over three months I still paid $90 but I got a new credit score every month because I was just canceling and and then re-signing up for it mm-hmm. and that's the and that's really the best way to do it and now you don't have to hold on to, to you know my FICO you really only need to look at my FICO when you're going to buy something like a house or a car mm-hmm so that you can start to build and work on your credit. They have simulators. Mm-hmm. They have um, your actual credit report. They have advice mm-hmm. on what you can do
2: mm-hmm. to
0: fix your credit, to improve your credit. And the simulators are like, okay, I have you know, 80% credit utilization. If I take my utilization down to 30%, what is it going to look like?
2: Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you
0: what your credit score is. And it's so accurate. It's such a good tool, and I know it's $30, guys, but it is worth It every... is a good
1: tool. It's a good tool if you're trying to accomplish something. Now, another tool is, and I don't know, a lot of people may know about it, a lot of people may not know about it, but you are granted one free credit score per year. Uh, well, not credit score, credit report, I should say, a year, right. and that's on freecreditreport.com. Yes. Get it. So at least in the beginning of the year, I know everybody wants to do their New Year's resolution or whatnot. But if you do want to do that, get your credit score, see w- what's going on with it, so you can be able to dispute things. Now, if you are trying to do this on your uh, on, like on your own and things like that, we'll get into that a little bit later. But. But if you're wanting just to know where your score at and where you're at, you can use freecreditreport.com just to at least get your credit score. But if you're trying to accomplish something, use my FICO. Pay the $29. Because like I said, I didn't know that they had a mortgage score. And what they go off of is the middle score. And so that'll be in between your lowest and your highest. That's what they're going to look at for your credit score for your mortgage. And I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of good things, but definitely just keep up with your credit because credit is like your lifeline. Like, if you don't have that eventually, y'all, y'all think this money is going to last? Like, that paper money is going to be. It no, it's not. It's going to eventually go to all digital, it's going to go to credit. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to do anything eventually in the future. And that's the route where it's going now. Um,
0: and you know what? I read an article just yesterday, um, about Chase, they're raising their mortgage standards due to the coronavirus pandemic, right? And I was like, I was, I was confused because I was like, why would you raise the the requirement. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: the requirement they used to have requirements to where you can buy at a credit score of a six twenty, but now they're they're raising that requirement to you have to have a seven hundred credit score to get a loan with them.
1: And and
0: geez. it's interesting because they are trying to limit their risk, right? So it goes back to your credit worthiness. If you have a seven hundred mm-hmm. credit score, you're you're more likely to pay and not default and to not be affected.
1: By the pandemic than somebody who has a 600 credit score you but know? in the in the um I know you said there was like a industry credit score or, or and there was another one but one of them actually what what was the first one backup credit or something like that
0: it's just basic so your basic, oh, basic. score which but is the base, mostly for credit cards
1: yeah but the basic FICA score actually is pred- pred- predicting you not you're you not paying your bills like it incorporates that um of the possibility of you may not pay them back you know it and, and it's crazy because you know some people and it was just crazy because i'm like how are these people getting homes cuz you can get a home with a 580 credit score in the past now this stuff may change because of you know this coronavirus and things like that and where they're getting more strict. And that's where credit is really starting. I'm telling you, eventually money is not going to be worth anything. Paper, you, you're not going to be able to buy your way into a house with paper. It's going to be credit. That's
0: what it it's is. going to be that. And, you know, you're not going
1: to be able to finesse them like that no more.
0: And then just to just to speak, you know, really quickly about Well, you know what, I'll get into it. The types of mortgages, right? Because you mentioned Mm -hmm. being able to do a 580. So that's more like a FHA loan or a Mm VA loan versus a conventional loan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll get to that. But I want to talk about, real quick, another website, um, bettermoneyhabits.com. So I love this site. This site is phenomenal. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's an educational site where it basically tells you about anything that you want to know. So I do have to make just a quick disclaimer. I'm not endorsing it's a bank. It's a bank of America site in partnership with Khan Academy. I'm not endorsing bank of America. I'm not, you know, saying that you should go and bank with them, but this is a free website that has everything that you need to know it has videos on, you know, credit, opening your first savings account, retirement savings, security,
1: mm-hmm. buying 529 a house. Five twenty nine for your kids.
0: Five twenty nine for your kids. Everything is on this mm-hmm. website, and it's quick. They have so many quick, short, different videos to help get you through everything. Is buying a house for me? What do I need to think about? What should I be asking my lender?
1: Things mm-hmm. that you would
0: not even think are in this, like they compile it all for you in this one website. So www.bettermoneyhabits.com. It's an amazing site Um, and I used it, you know, when I was going through to buy my house to really kind of understand the mortgage buying process
2: because Mm -hmm. it's
0: a lot of lies out there. I don't wanna say lies, it's a lot of misconceptions. Um, it's a lot of things that people don't really understand mm-hmm. and it's important when you're buying a house, especially if you're yeah. single like me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I'm thinking one thing, I'm getting into this thinking one thing and it's a whole nother beat, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So even, there's even a video on there that talks about all the things that you need to consider when you're buying a house, all the additional uh expenses that come with buying a house oh yes. like, people
1: think that yes people think that buying a house is i guess better financially to go out, that's about a good maybe fifteen twenty five hundred dollar bill <laughs> like if you ain't got that stuff in escrow bro or have that stuff saved up you out of luck because you don't have a landlord that's going to come fix it um oh. another good thing is go on youtube like youtube has so many videos and i actually uh was looking at this one lady she's in louisiana she's a um, mortgage lender or a loan officer or something like that and she goes through what she looks at when she's trying to approve applications for a loan um and she goes in depth when i tell you she goes in depth and she's about to get her license in florida so educate if, you want, yourself. if you want, yeah, educate yourself. Um, another thing is, is what you can do, um, just getting onto the topic of, you know, if you're wanting to repair your credit, um, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But, um, yeah. YouTube is a good, is a good tool. I use YouTube. Um, I looked at people who were realtors, um, also the, the mortgage lenders or the underwriters and things like that. Some people do talk about it. They they don't go in too much in depth because every state is different, but it's in general around what's equal amongst most states of their requirements. Um, but yeah, better money habits. That's a good tool. I looked at it before. Uh, you know, it has a lot of cartoons you can follow along. Really easy,
0: <laughs> really easy. And, and, and that's, very educational about-
1: though. It really is
0: yes and you know what i love about it it's so funny let me tell you a quick story right when i was buying my house um we were so i moved in with my i had my house built so i moved in with and my that's parents. my
1: plan because i want my house built too
0: she i moved Brian in with my parents giving me hope <laughs> i moved in with my parents and uh while my house was being built <laughs> and we ended up having to stay in a hotel one night because they had a lot of people in for thanksgiving so we were in a hotel. I'm on a computer, on my FICO.com, checking my credit score, and my son is calling my name,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I'm ignoring him because I'm like, "Wait, did my credit score go up? Like, what's going on?" And he was my calling bad, my y'all. name, and Chelsea was, Chelsea was like, "Chase, <laughs> leave her alone. She's checking her credit score." <laughs> and mind you, this was three years ago. So she's seven, right? Oh, she's seven. So I was like, girl, what you know about a credit score? And she was like, well, I see you looking at it all the time. And so I just felt like that was a perfect opportunity to just talk to her. Very layman's terms about what credit is and how money works. And my kids all have debit cards, you know? They all have debit cards. They get allowances. They know how to use their cards. They have Mm -hmm. their PIN number that they have to put in. And Mm -hmm. my kids are, how old are my kids? Girl, seven? Chloe's seven, Chase is nine, Mm -hmm. and Chelsea is 10. So my kids are seven, nine, and 10. And they've had credit debit cards for, you know, over a year now. So that's another thing is I'm going way off base.
1: Like, one thing about it, I am going to even talk about that. So um, I have a niece and I have a nephew. My mom thought it was a good idea to get them a credit card, but not as like using their credit, but just as like an authorized user on her credit card. And they are able to spend $25 a month. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, if you're allowing them to spend $25 a month, they need to get into the habit of paying that bill back too. So I was like, okay, if you spend your $25, you need to work cut the grass, clean up, do like little chores and things like that, get paid for it so you can be at least pay your bill back so you can replenish your $25 for the next month.
0: Amen. That's but a so
1: lot of people, idea. my mom was like, no, 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 I'll go ahead and pay it. But that's not teaching them nothing. That's teaching them to use right. up the credit and mess it up and fuck it up.
0: And not Let me it. be
1: frank. When they get older, no, you need to teach them as they're young this is what happens and this is how credit is used if you don't do this you're not going to be able to get this you're not going to be able to get that yeah some people go about a, the I wrong mean, way
0: that's a super that's a super good point so putting somebody and i want to talk about that too because you can put somebody on your credit card as an authorized user to help build mm-hmm. their score so like when your kid turns 17 18 you want to add them it's just super important that so if you're going to add them. Reports good. Yes, <laughs> their report's good. It needs to be under thirty percent. It under. needs to be one that you're going to keep under thirty percent. If we're trying to, and keep you on time.
1: A, are you going to mess up your kids? Yes. Uh,
0: uh, on time, under thirty percent. Because if we are trying, and and that's a beautiful thing if you can do that for your kids. You know, starting out because if you go back credit history is 15% and mm-hmm.
2: you don't even get
0: into the good, um, the good rate, the good standing of that 15%. until so you have at least five years is okay. Seven mm-hmm. years is where they consider a good, cre- a good length of credit history. So you need mm-hmm. seven years of credit history. So, if you can start building that for them at 16, 17, 18, just by adding them as an authorized user, if you're not going to do right, don't do it.
2: You don't know?
1: do it. Don't mess it Because there are parents them.
0: who have effed their, their kids', kids up.
1: credit up. Let oh, me tell you something. Before they even
0: had a chance to get started. You Getting know? Do at a
1: young age, using their credit when they're like 15 or between the ages of 13 and 15 and changing that little year to date on a, um. Mm-hmm. On, you know, on the applications, but everything's the same, and you mess up your kids' credit, so when they get, you know, ready to buy a car, and they're like, oh, I ain't got no credit, I'm gonna be able to get a loan, you know, da 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 I'm gonna be able to get a credit card, student credit card, because, you know, so I can start building, and come to find out, and I had a credit a credit history for about five years that was trash. trash, you know, don't do that to your kids. I know that we may have had parents who have done it, you know, but don't, use this cycle. cycle you know what I mean we're trying to change yes. it um yeah.
0: and you know and just and not even to get on life insurance or things like that but for black people we typically don't a lot of people don't you know have anything to leave their kids mm-hmm. or we don't even have anything to hand off to our kids to help push them into the world. I mean, I had some friends um, whose parents, when they got married, their parents put the down payment on their first house. I don't know any Black people who had parents that did that. stuff like that.
1: Let me tell yeah, you,
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't know none. You know, but I think even if we're not in a position to, um, to put our kids' first down payment on their houses for them, if we can mm-hmm. at least help them off with a leg up with good credit
2: it's the
0: least that it's the least that we can do if you don't know about credit and you don't really have a good understanding about it you know instead of watching love and hip-hop one night go get on better money habits and learn so that you can teach your children or get credit
1: i don't even know where they got that book but get credit for dummies i mean you you could do a lot they might they might have that book you know they got everything for dummies (laughs)
0: i watch this podcast but we can't i mean we can't we can't get into it all here yeah um so definitely i want you guys to take it so serious because credit is everything and you know dj mentioned earlier like if your water heater breaks right you're in this house and then your water heater breaks you have no maintenance well if you got good credit you don't need you, you won't even really have to pay for that out of pocket because they have financing mm. plans but it's all based on your credit you know it is so, a
1: lot of things are based on i mean, I mean almost damn near everything is based on your credit nowadays
0: anything but, that costs a significant amount of money is going to be credit <laughs> you're going to need to have some credit in order to mm-hmm.
1: get it and you don't or, get you know, anything with bad credit oh
0: God, or low credit because
1: those high interest rates like
0: Rent a center knew- is such highway robbery. Rent a center is a
1: waste of money. Like, you're paying probably maybe two or three times the actual price of that item. And you have to pay it for, like, what, two two years they give you or something like that? Girl,
2: and I don't with even the high amount,
1: like, it's crazy. Like, and, credit- and the thing about it is, some people are like, oh, I'm going to go buy me a car. And then the car is I have, I knew somebody that got a car and their interest rate was like 23.7% on a car. That's the whole other car on top of a car. Like, I, I,
0: yeah, it's my, but that's, that's not, that's a lot. But my yeah. interest rate on my car, on my Hyundai, I got it before I started fixing my credit and bought my house, right? Mm-hmm. So my credit, I mean, my, um, my interest rate was oh, eighteen yeah. percent, oh yeah, and when my car <laughs> when my car stopped working, this is like i I learned about credit all at one time, like when I'm trying to buy a house and then I have these car issues or whatever, mm-hmm. but I fixed my own credit like when I first pulled my credit uh when I first pulled my credit, I was um at well, credit karma said one thing, but when I my mortgage score was down at like five twenty four, I think,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: when I closed on my house, it only took me. I did my contract in December and I closed in April, so in four months, my credit score went from a five twenty four to a six thirty six. Um, when I closed on my house, my credit score was a six thirty six. My credit score right now is about a seven zero four. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I did that. And I and I started to learn and research, and mm-hmm. I realized how upside down I was in my car. Another thing that I researched like hell was a voluntary repossession mm-hmm. of my car. Cause so you be after to I, repo
1: that mug when you see the value of your car and actually how much yeah, you're paying it, on that bad boy. But,
0: but let me tell you though. Car. But let me tell you, and I and that's exactly what I did, but not without great research into how it would affect my credit. And it affected my credit maybe five points. It, it wasn't even bad. Mm-hmm. But after I closed on my house I I closed my house in twenty seventeen. I closed my house, I went and brought a brand new twenty seventeen Hyundai Sonata. Uh, I think it was like twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars, um five hundred dollars down, two percent two percent um credit, two uh, percent what is the word? Interest, interest rate. rate. Yeah, two percent interest rate. And I and I told them, I told the dealer they can come and get that other car. Like mm-hmm. I did a voluntary repossession on it. And they came and got it. They sold it. I still owe like ten thousand after they sold it, and I just washed my hands of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't hurt my credit like just based off that the way that I did it because my, it never went past due. So there was a mm-hmm. point in time where I was making payments uh, on two cars. I only did it I think it was like a one month lapse, but mm-hmm. I paid on it until after they sold it. And once they sold it and they closed that loan, you know, I no longer have to make payments every 30 days so the cool thing about it is is that it my car loan never reported 30 days past due Mm
2: -hmm. which is
0: what that that payment history which would have brought my credit down Mm -hmm. so it's a way to do you know everything you just have to be very diligent and research and understand how Mm -hmm. every action you do how it's going to affect you
1: and then also just with just speaking on cars, you know, little hacks that you may not know, there is an option if you do or or if you're not able to pay your car note, at least not making it go so far behind or past the 30 days, you can push that payment back to the end of the loan. Yeah, it may extend it, but it's not going to report as it being past due. Another thing is is that you can So say if you miss February's payment, as long as you make February's payment by the end of that next month, it does not report to your credit report as being 30 days late, even though you're paying February and March. You get what I mean? Um, So, but. The thing about it is that you will acc- accrue interest, yes, and then also late fees, so be mindful of that. I would highly recommend if you can't make the payment to at least try to call your loan people to try to see if you can do a hardship where they push the payments back a month some people or some companies actually push them things back three months and you can do it periodically throughout the year sometimes they may have one per year some companies may have up to five per year so um but just be mindful of how much you use that because at the end of the day it's it's just helping you not report it late but it's still still getting pushed back to the end of the loan you right know? And are
0: y'all are y'all contributing to your 401k out
1: there? Like <laughs> I think y'all need to be contributing to I wish No I No, I'm contributing to my 401k now since I started working with the bank, but when I was working at my other jobs for like three to four years and they used to give us these 401k packets, I never did 401k because no one never taught me about it. That's oh my the gosh. thing. No one never taught me, so I could have had money leave. in my 401k that I could have transferred yes. over to somewhere else and had a big chunk, or I could have cashed it out in a need of, if I wanted to. But yes. the thing about it is nobody taught you about a 401k. And when you go into these businesses or these offices, they may think because of your age or the establishment that you're working that you already know about certain things like that. Not taught that like I said at a young age or even going into work some companies will you know help you out with learning about your benefits for those companies other companies don't because they think that you should know this type of information. But because they give you that big packet that they expect you to read that nobody read, reads. I know I didn't. But it's so, it. so, they it so important. It to me I read mine. I never, I never read it because you want to know why I, I wasn't taught did. to read it. I wasn't taught anything about that. And that's just the ignorance of it. A lot of us don't yeah. know. Um Yeah.
0: And there's that saying, you know, if you ever want and I, I think I think I read everything.
1: Because of I grew up (laughs) I'd be like, Lauren, can you decipher this? (laughs) They
0: they really do. But it's funny because growing up, my mom and I don't know who the hell said it, but my mom used to say, you know, you know what they say about black people and I'd be like, What? And she said they say if you ever wanna hide anything from a black person to put it in a book. Um and I Shit. I don't know who said that. Maybe I should Google it and find out, girl. I don't know, You're but mean, it just kind of—it it just kind of—it kind of stuck with me though, and I think that's why I read like things that people don't normally read. Contracts, like I read it all. I read it all, and a lot of the things I and I've come across. That's how. I, that's how I realized a lot of people don't know their rights, what they're entitled to, what they can do, what they can't do. And that's what, how I end up, you know, really advocating for a lot of people and just helping a lot of people out. But to get back on to the 401k, 401k is so important. One, because it's free money. money. I don't know a company. I don't know of a company that does not match. Um, and if they, and, even, and most, so like we work to 5%. So if we contribute one percent, they're going to match one percent. You know, if up to five percent, whatever we put in, they're going to put it in as well. And then on top of that, they give us a annual company contribution where they give us either two or three percent of our salary based on your um, tenure with the company. It's free money, and and the most important part about it is if you find yourself in a hardship. I'm trying to take a, I don't want to say a statistic because I, I, I it wouldn't really be accurate, but most companies, a lot of companies.
1: Well, at least at the match the your three, three you percent.
0: No, I'm saying you can take a loan. Oh, you can't take so loans.
1: I, you can take loans. You,
0: but not all companies. Like So like Walmart, they can't take loans in their 401k, mm-hmm. but, but Walmart does have where you can do a hardship withdrawal. Um I don't really recommend hardships if you have loans, and most companies won't even let you do a hardship if you have a loan available
2: mm-hmm.
0: um just because at least with the loan you pay yourself back and you still have to pay interest. the interest is significantly lower um interest rate per 401k loans are between like four and six percent but you're paying yourself back with interest you know Mm -hmm. and you build that cushion and anytime you need to borrow or you have a hardship you don't have to go and ask family and friends you don't have to go ask this person you don't have to go to renter center and pay high ass interest rate you can borrow money from your 401k and pay yourself back you know and it just comes out of your paycheck and usually they're up to five years and if you can even take it out for a down payment on the house. And I think with the down payment on a house, some companies would mm-hmm.
1: um, pay it back up to 10 years. So. Yeah. So you the benefits people. You just yes. figure out that information now. Yes. Uh, fixing your credit. There's a lot of different things like Lauren did. You heard she fixed her own credit. You know, she went through the process. She went through my FICO. saw what she needed to um, saw where she was. What she needed to do, because she used the simulators to go ahead and get that done. That is an option uh, to do it yourself. Another option is you can use Lexington Law Firm. I used them a while back. I stopped because they were hella expensive and I was being cheapy cheap. And I didn't want to use them, but they were at least, I think it it depends on your state too. Um, But in the state of Florida, they are $99 a month. Uh, I know in South Carolina, you can do up to $65 a month. Um, I know that much. And then also you can pay somebody to fix your credit um, as well. If you don't want to go through the hustle and bustle or trying to figure out what letters you need to send out, like what credit bureaus you have to go in and, you know, dispute all of them, what you dispute them all, just let you know. Um, But if you just don't have the time, you can pay somebody to do that, but you will be paying at a premium. Also, just to forewarn you, not everybody is a credit repair specialist. Just to let you know, some people may be out there and say they can repair your credit in a certain amount of time and they are scammers. All they do is get your money for like a good six months to eight months and then you may have two things that may go off of your credit and that's it um so when you're choosing if you choose that route interview those people look at their website see if they have reviews if you know a family member or a friend or somebody who does work for say for instance like a loan company or a mortgage company or somebody because they know that usually they have people that they work with to help build up their clients to be able to get homes. Those are the people that you need to be going to. Um, If they recommend them, do it. So you can, you can fix your credit a number of different ways. So I just wanted to let you guys know that you can do it yourself. You can't go through a commercial company or you can go through somebody who's private, but just be mindful of those private people as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just saying. There also is um, debt consolidation. A lot of they have with debt consolidation, yeah. which is not credit repair. Debt consolidation companies are not. A lot of them are like nonprofit, and I don't know if that's the right word, debt consolidation or
1: no. They're debt, debt consolidation because what they do is that they'll give you a loan for the amount of debt you have to pay your debt. I think that's how it works and then after that you pay them back at a certain low percentage of what you would have paid those individual amounts for whatever you're trying to owe like if there was credit cards you know credit cards have all different percentage of interest I
0: think rate. those are that might be what the for profit ones do but mm-hmm. the non profit the non profit ones basically negotiate for you with your creditors for lower payments
2: mm-hmm. and a
0: payment arrangement so I would just say there are a couple of things right if you are if you have a goal like if you want to buy a house in a year or you want mm-hmm. to buy a new car in a year, then you might need to be aggressive with repairing your credit or or hiring a credit repair company. Um, mm-hmm. However, if your credit is fucked and you don't have anything you know you don't have any aspirations or goals to buy a house anytime soon, you can use a debt consolidation company in order to get back on track it will maybe take you a longer period of time but they also work and then they have some of those that are nonprofit. profit
2: mm-hmm. um, so you
0: really um are only paying for whatever it truly costs they they don't um they're not charging you for a profit and i think those are the best ones out there also
1: so, just to let you know look at your company's benefits you know we all go through the open enrollment in october um, see if your company offers legal. Um, some companies do offer legal and through those legal services, they do have an option where they can put a lawyer on your behalf. Uh, you may just have to pay court costs, but they can also fight with those creditors for you as well. If you have like really large debts, um, or if it will benefit you, that is something that they do have, which is debt, uh, debt collection for some Uh, legal plans with your job you're already paying for it you might as well use it or if you don't have it get it next year and utilize it so you can at least get it done and actually have somebody in your corner who is a lawyer who knows what they're talking about because they do this every day um so that is another thing um now I know we have been talking a lot about mortgages you things like that or whatever it was one of our main go-to things is is a house um, Lauren, can you talk about what's front end and back in DTI and how it affects you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So people always talk about your debt to income ratio. So that's what we refer to as DTI. And so long, long story short, DTI is your liabilities from your credit report only. So you basically add up all the payments that are on your credit report and divide it by your monthly gross income. And that'll give you a percentage of your debt to income ratio. So when you go to buy a house, they are basically going to pull your credit report. They're going to add up what your monthly payments are on your car, what your monthly payments are on your credit card. And they're going to divide that by your gross income to get your debt to income ratio, which they
1: want to be 30. Cert- Anything that's reported Probably. on your credit report, that goes into your debt-to-income ratio. So mm-hmm. student loans go into it because it does reflect on your credit report, car notes, loans. I'm about to get to those student loans. Student loans are a
0: little bit different, though. So Yes. Um, Repayment so options.
1: To, let them know about that one, too. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so your front-end debt-to-income ratio, they typically... Uh, so, again, let me just put out there that all lenders are different. They have different requirements, but normally, typically they want your debt to income ratio, your front end, to be under 30%. So when you're buying mm-hmm. a house, the front end debt to income ratio is without your mortgage payment in, and then mm-hmm. the back end debt to income ratio is once they figure out what your mortgage payment will be, mm-hmm. and they they add that in, and then they recalculate, so they add that in, and then divide it by your income.
2: Mm-hmm. And...
0: For instance, D.R. Horton is who I bought my house through. Their, um, their back-end debt-to-income ratio requirement was 43%. Well, um, based on the price of my house, my back-end debt-to-income, uh, debt-to-income ratio was 50%. Mm-hmm. And so I was not able to close with D.R. Horton. So I all and the reason why my my debt to income ratio is so high on the back end is because of my student loans.
2: Hmm.
0: So I ain't gonna tell y'all how much student loan I got, debt I got, but I got a lot. Okay, my um, and it's really a lot because for a long time I was on. You know they have the income based repayment plans, and I have three kids. Yeah. And I haven't always, you know, made the money that I made, and so for a couple of years. I was paying $0 a month on that plan, but interest is still accruing. You better believe interest is still accruing. Mm-hmm. And so when lenders are looking at your student loans, they don't add that $0 a month. And I think now I pay like $35 a month. No, <laughs> they they don't use the income-based repayment amount. And then they use like
1: buy, 1%, right?
0: It's either, it's either whatever you're fixing payment is or 1% of your total so I'm just gonna tell y'all they added more than five hundred dollars a month to my income I mean to my debt income when they were calculating that and it put me so far over 43% that I was not able to DR Horton was not able to finance me so I thought I was gonna lose my home but luckily they had a creditor, a lender that they work with who allows for back-end DTI up to 53%, and because mine was 50%, I was able to go with them, and they were able to finance me, so that was great, um, but that just goes back to you don't know, I guess you don't really know how it affects you until you know I'm I was 30 when I bought my house you know I was 18 when we were getting these student loans and living it up Mm -hmm. (laughs) because (laughs) off of
1: that loan money
0: off of the loan money yeah and so that's important to know early on that that money is going to affect your debt to income ratio in the long run in the long run and it's going to also prevent you from being able to get credit cards too because that's the thing when when they're When they're looking at your credit report, they're looking at your your current debt, how much debt you have out there, if you can stand it, based on -hmm. your income. So of course, your credit score is one piece of it, but what they don't really tell you is that they're also looking at your debt to income ratio. That's why they pull your credit report. That's why Mm -hmm. they want to know what your income is, so they can see if they have the appetite. So if they're if you go and apply for a credit card and your debt to income ratio at the time of applying for that credit card is 40% and their appetite for, you know, risk is saying we don't want anybody above 35%, you're going to get denied even if you got a 700 credit score.
2: Mm. It's,
0: you know, the, it's a whole credit analysis. It's not just credit score. So it's so important to keep, you know, to be within your, your means. And mm-hmm. not even necessarily your means because if, sometimes you feel like you can afford it, but creditors at that look time. at yeah but creditors look at it more so the thing is, yeah, you might be able to afford to have fifty percent debt out there, but if anything happens, are you going to be able to stay afloat mm-hmm. and and that's the most important thing so if you want to buy a house <laughs> make sure, if you ever want to buy a house in the future and tell your kids you know it's not necessary to get you know unnecessary student loans
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you will have to. You know, and don't
1: force and and the one thing about it, um don't force your kids to go to college if they don't wanna go to college. You know what I mean? Also a
0: waste. Yeah, that's you, it's a waste.
1: You can you can prevent that because you may have a child that doesn't even like school. What you're telling them in order for you to stay in my house, you got to go to college, and then they go to college, they rack up these student loans, and then they drop out, and then they 50 dollars in debt, and, of and it, they like, have no
0: degree,
1: and they have no degree, like yes, you know, and that's sad, but that's the reality of it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just yeah. personal experience, I didn't finish college, but I still got student loan debt because yeah. I went into college thinking that okay. I'm ready for it. I'm this, I'm that. But me, I should have had a realistic behind realistic ass talk with myself and say, girl, you don't even like school. So why are you going to college? You know what I mean? So like, but Hey, I did it. Now I'm reaping the repercussions of it. I got to pay back that money, you know? Um, also just let you know, miss payments does affect you try not to miss them even if you're trying to get a loan for a house like say if you do have a missed payment you have to have a year free of missed payments so that can reflect when they do pull your report so they don't go that far back just to let you know that they don't go that far back when they're pulling your credit your credit history but they do go back to your payment history up to a year so um just be mindful of that just don't miss it yes. planning on trying to buy a house within a year don't miss no payments.
0: on uh, anything but
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: funny because you know it's tax time so i'm in this tax group on facebook and i we forgot about this but you know if you default on those student loans they take they garnish your wages my ex-husband oh yeah he getting his wages garnished and they take his taxes he he fucked up on all So he owed child support and, <laughs> and student loans so he ain't money away. all his money gone. but um all of it but so that's also important to know like those those government debts they're gonna get their money Regardless. Come rain or come shine yeah mm-hmm. so just use what you need and parents I know from my experience one of the things that happened to me was my mom was you know at 18 I do not know what I was doing so my mom was getting a lot of the money up at first and getting the refunds And using them for, I don't even know, you know, but that's my debt now, you know, because it was in my name. So Mm -hmm. I know maybe you never, maybe as a parent, you know, your parents did it to you and you never bought a house. So you don't know, Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: we are here. We are telling you now, don't screw your kid over. Please borrow only what you need.
1: Mm -hmm. Borrow only what you need. So and that goes into basically what we want to call this part of our podcast. Our segment is our discipline of the week. Discipline of the week. So um, Lauren, do you want to go over the discipline of the week or do you want me to?
0: Um, I will go over the discipline of the week. So The discipline of the week is going to be to try and make an effort to get your credit cards under 30%. So for those of you who have credit cards, I want you to work towards getting your utilization under 30%. So even if that means making an effort of paying an extra $5 a month until you get there, work on getting it under 30%. And when you make your payment, do not go back and use that money. I know I'm guilty up of it, Cut them
1: cards. Right. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Cut them cards up.
0: I, I froze mine. I put them in a Ziploc bag and put them in a freezer, but, that, but then you can't use them afterwards. So just, just don't carry them with you. But I know I'm guilty of making a payment, then turning around and using that credit. Because mm-hmm, you know you, know you got it available because you know you got it available don't do that that's our discipline we are going to be steadfast and disciplined in not using credit cards hopefully maybe for six months you know um and don't so don't use them if you don't have a credit card you need your discipline of the week is to do research and to find a credit card you have to have credit basically Mm -hmm. you're gonna need credit you might think oh no i'm good i don't need it You're going to need credit because there's going to be some big purchase in the future that whether life forces you to buy or whether you just look up one day and decide you want to buy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be starting from that time frame. Get you a credit card. You can get a secure card if your credit. If you don't have established credit, Discover is a great bank. I started that's when I when I started fixing my credit. Mm -hmm. I used um, Discover to get my secure card. And after a year of making on-time payments, they sent me my security deposit back. I did just $500. Mm-hmm. And after a year, they sent me my $500 back and I got to keep that open line of credit. I still have it to this day. I love the mm-hmm. silver bank. Um, so get you a credit card, be it secured or be it not secured,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: keep it under 30%. Even if, got, Use it
1: even if you got messed up credit, the best way to rebuild your credit is with a secure credit card. That's yes. your Or even if you don't want to get a secure credit card, try to see if you can go to your local credit unions or your banks to see if they have loans. Some of these loans are not personal loans. They're actually credit rebuilder loans where it's kind of like a secure credit card. You have to put your own money down. They put it in this line of credit and you pay on it every month. Once you pay that amount down, they give you your money back. So that is another option if you want to rebuild your credit as well.
0: Yep, you got that stimulus money coming out. It's what, yes, you know, use that stimulus money. Take two or three hundred dollars of your stimulus money and go get can. one of those credit rebuilder uh, loans, or get you use that money to get a secured credit card. I put five hundred dollars down, but you can do as low as two hundred dollars. Like, mm-hmm. and just use that card for gas, and mm-hmm. instead of paying the whole amount back at the end of month, pay everything back except for ten dollars, so that it is reporting that you're using it. And you have a little bit of utilization, but yes, that is a discipline of the week.
1: Or even when you get that stimulus check, pay down one of them credit cards to thirty percent, just one, at least one. If you got just one, you know. But you know that is a good discipline of the week. I'm going to try to go ahead and utilize that myself because I want to purchase me a house. I'm going through the process. The trials and tribulations and all of that stuff trying to figure out if I can afford the house you know what I need to do to get my credit fixed so I can get the best possible interest rate as well as the best grants and things because your credit score is high so you can actually get more grant money some grants actually require your credit score to be a certain percentage in order to get the grants so um that's what I'm working on And
0: and 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 just one more thing, um, what was I about to say?
1: Ground. I I can't remember. Um, I was gonna (laughs) say something.
0: Oh, I know. Yes. Okay, I know. I know. I know. know. So, this is important about houses, right? What I did not know is that I have a fixed loan, but your payments on your house can still fluctuate. What? Uh, Yeah. So when I first closed on my house. My payments were like eleven forty, I think eleven forty. Um, but now my payments are twelve eighty four. So I
1: thought a fixed rate was a fixed rate.
0: So your fixed rate is a fixed rate, but what's not fixed is your escrow or your property taxes. Oh, so that's impo- that's <laughs> important to know. Like I know somebody that's something that shit they don't tell you, right? So just because you go to the bank and they tell you you qualify for, you can afford a $1,200 house, you may not want to go and get $1,200. You're going yeah. to need some, some <laughs> rules. Because you need
1: to ways and all that type of crap.
0: Right. So my, um, my fixed rate is literally just on my loan. My principal and interest is a eight, total 869 a month. It does not change. So 869 a month is what's going to principal and interest. But then everything else in that $1,200 is my property taxes. I have an FHA loan, so it's my PMI insurance, which we didn't even get into. It's into
1: PMI. That's a PMI. Basically, that's an insurance that if you, um, I think if you don't have like a certain percentage of a credit score, they automatically not, add it to your mortgage score? Not your not, mortgage-
0: not a yeah, so it's not a credit score. It's if you don't put a,
1: certain, a certain amount, amount down. down. Well, there
0: there are two. So if you don't put a certain amount, yes, your loan to um, was a loan to value ratio. Yeah, the loan, the LTV, the loan to ratio value. So if you don't have twenty percent value in your home, basically, if you haven't paid off, if your home isn't worth, if you don't have twenty percent equity, I'm sorry, if you don't have twenty percent equity in your home, you're paying mortgage insurance, right? And that's in case you default on your loan. If you have a FHA loan, you're paying mortgage insurance on your loan. Private mortgage insurance. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. So my property, my property taxes are like twenty five hundred dollars a year. So they break that up and you know divide it. And so like the first year, because my house was new and it was just land, um, my property taxes was three hundred and fifty dollars. So my mortgage was eleven something. But when mm-hmm. my pro- when when the next year, when my house was built and they came to do their uh, appraisal, my property taxes went up to $2,500. So my mor- my, the amount of my escrow that I had to pay monthly went up because I had to be able to have enough money in my escrow to pay those property taxes when it comes around every year. So while your principal and interest on your mortgage is fixed, your escrow amount is not your um let me say two things in my escrow that's gone up is my property taxes have gone up and the amount of my homeowner's insurance has gone up
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so and when that stuff goes up it causes your payments to go up you know it may not be that bad it may not be that bad but i do know someone who theirs went up so significantly they weren't taking enough and at the end, she owed 5000 additional dollars in property tax. and ended up, cool. her house ended up going into foreclosure because she didn't have $5,000 to pay for property tax. I tell you. So it's there's so, so much out there. So I'm just going to throw it back to, that's why you have to go check out, if not bettermoneyhabits.com. Get on YouTube, you know, watch a thousand videos on everything there is to know about, um, Owning a house, DM us, email us, you know, leave a, if you have questions for me, you know, or even DJ, because she's in the process right now. So she has told me some things that I didn't know, some things that I didn't go through, um, just depending on my situation. So get in the comments, send us an email if you have questions, but research, 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 research
1: yes 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 we're trying to get our credits up you know 2020 been nothing but about some bullshit and we just want just to get ourselves together you know um so that is it for today's episode um sign up in the comments with your questions like lauren said your credit hacks email us all the information will be in the description of this podcast below And then also, just to let you guys know, our next episode we will be discussing weight loss plans. We trying to get right and fine. Amen. Amen. Trying to get
0: some time ready.
1: Trying to be naked. Let me stop. I ain't trying to be naked. But we trying to to get right. Not even just appearance wise. Just you know, internally and healthy. Healthy. You know, we just want to live a long, prosperous, good life. So until next time class of business. Bye, guys. Bye.